meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 34, where we are talking about destination addiction, which I had never heard of before. But before I get into the topic we're talking about today, I want to thank Olivia. She says on the podcast, about the podcast, she wrote a review, which OMG, when you write a review, it's like a giant high five to me, like a fist bump. It's like a tip. It's putting a tip in the tip jar. She says, thank you so much for sharing all your experience and helping build shape happy families. I have been listening to you for about six months, and I never get tired of listening again and again. Oh, thank you. I have shared your podcast with friends, and they are so fond of it as well. I love your honesty, your energy, your message. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Olivia Jordan, the name cut off, so I think it's Jordan or Jorda, mom of two boys, five and seven years old from USA, baby. So crazy. There's people like in Great Britain and France and USA and Canada and Asia and Russia listening to this podcast. And like, it's so crazy because when I was working in the schools, this is what I love doing is sitting down with families and talking to them about their kids and how to make them thrive and do well and be happy and just be their best version of themselves. And now I'm doing it not in my classroom and not in my office, but so much bigger of a classroom. Say what? So can we just have a moment of silence for my father last week? OMG, was he just not adorable and funny and cute and sweet and humble and all the things? OMG. The thing is, when I became a mom, I wanted to be just like my parents because I'm going to have my mom on in a couple of weeks and she's fabuloso, just like my dad. And so when I became a parent, I always had them as my measuring stick. And I put them on such a high pedestal, I didn't even think that I could think for myself. I just had to be a robot and do it exactly like they did it. And that's when the destination and the addiction to being perfect, because I thought they were perfect. Well, they still are. I'm sure they are. But I thought they were perfect as a little kid. And so I thought I had to be the perfect mom. And then when I took the pressure off myself and became a B-minus mom and knew that the union was perfect, it was like game on like Donkey Kong. And I'm going to talk to you today about something called destination addiction. Isn't that a cool word? You're like, what? You might have heard of it before. I post about it all the time if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm a big believer in the trap of destination addiction. And so the actual definition of destination addiction is happiness is in the final destination or can be found somewhere else other than the present. And I think it's a really big trap because we're trained as children and look at what society teaches us. It says, okay. Um, I want you to grow up, and here's the path to happiness, kids, okay? You're not supposed to have any negative emotions, and if you do, you just have to keep doing other things because there's something wrong with you, or you should have shame if you're feeling negative. So I need you to stuff those feelings. This is what society, society tells us. I need you to stuff those negative feelings, and we're just going to be on this path for happiness, okay? So kids, here's the path. You're going to go to school. You're going to get good grades, of course. You should probably go to church. 
Um, you should be kind to everybody you meet. Be nice to everyone. Don't ever, you know, ever ruffle anybody's feathers. Be grateful for everything that's given to you. Never lose your cool. Obey your parents. Obey your teachers. Comply. Be good. Kind of be quiet. Like kids are told never, uh, it's better to be seen than heard. Like, I disagree with that so much. I want my kids seen and heard. I want all kids seen and heard. So, but sometimes as a society, kids are taught to be seen and not heard. And so what does that do to a throbbing spirit? It makes it feel small. It makes it go small. It's like dimming the light. And so we also need you, children, to excel at sports um, or in a band or in the Boy Scouts or whatever you choose. Uh, Manage all your time. Keep your room clean. Don't spend too much money. Um, This is the path to happiness. I'm doing it for your own good. This is what we tell children. So yeah, your room should be clean. You should go to college. And if you get a scholarship for college, that's even a bonus because that would be really good if if you get a scholarship, then that means you're really excelling. So your worthiness and your value is outside of you, child. And so do all these things. And not only will you get your worthiness and your value, but you'll also be happy. And then once you go to college, then while you're in college and you have your scholarship, after college, you should probably get married. And you want to make sure that you're not too young to get married because then you're not responsible. But you don't want to be too old because if you're too old, then you're going to miss out on having kids. And kids is like the end all be all. Like you have to do it at a certain time frame because if you do it too old, then your eggs are old. And if you do it too young, then you're not responsible. And then you're pretty much like a teen mom. Isn't this crazy? The messages that we're told us from society, sometimes from our own parents, we were told this, and sometimes we tell it to our own kids indirectly. So that's what conscious parenting is, is always making sure that we're conscious about what we're teaching them. And there's not one path to happiness. So after college, yeah, you're going to get married, then you're going to have a baby. Okay. So babies are really important and you probably want to do it probably right away because you don't know how many you're going to have. So if you're like 30 and you want to have a couple kids, you better start now because you're spacing it out. When I got back from our honeymoon, it was October 2001. We got back from our honeymoon from Aruba and legit promise yes, yes on a stack of Bibles. I had someone come up to me and rub my belly and say, is there a baby in there? And I was like, what? Hot off the press. Can you give me a hot second to be married? But as soon as I got married, it was like, when's the babies? When's the babies? When's the babies? Forget about it that we had infertility issues. People were all talking like, what's going on? Why is it taking so long? You need to just adopt. You need to just foster. And like the advice was just like coming in and you just need to relax. And then I couldn't relax because I was told to relax so much. So it was like, I'm not relaxed because you're telling me that I'm not relaxed. So it was like blaming the victim of not being relaxed enough. And so it's pretty good to have a baby. You probably don't want to go through infertility because then there's something wrong with you. And you want to have that baby pretty quick. And then once you have the first baby, baby's in the hospital, you're enjoying the baby, people will say, when's baby number two coming? You got to give them a brother or sister. That's the path to happiness. That's the path to happiness. That's what destination addiction is. That the path to happiness is outside. It's always in the future. It's never attainable. It's like trying to hold water in your hands. But we're never ever actually enjoying the husband or the kids or the scholarship or the college or the grades or the sports because it's always on to better and bigger. What do we ask over and over and over? What do we ask children and what were we asked? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Kids have no idea what they want to be when they grow up. And that's okay. What I wanted to be when I grew up, I wanted to be a Paddington Bear author. How did that work out for me? 
not so well. If you would have told me that I was doing this, I would have said you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but the brain likes that efficiency of knowing what to expect. So the brain literally thinks that it's almost like a fortune teller and can tell the fortune. So after you have the babies, then that's your happily ever after. And if you're not happy during that time, then there's something wrong with you. And make sure that after you have the baby that you get back to your pre-pregnancy weight and you get into your genes, because if not, then there's something wrong. Something's gone wrong. And then have another baby if you want, and then another. And then these kids grow up and they're like, wait, how come I feel so empty? I've been striving and going and looking forward for so long. And this is my happily ever after. Why don't I feel happy? What about you, mom? You have all those things. Why aren't you happy? Because I know many, many people who do that path and they're not happy. They've made the money. They've had the kids. They have the job. They have the spouse. And they're feeling empty inside because they've been sold a bag of goods their whole life. That happiness is outside of them. And it's not in the present moment. It's always in the future. So just keep going. Keep running. Keep going. Keep going. Do you see how crazy this is? And I can see it when I'm watching The Bachelor. Oh, my goodness. Did you see The Bachelor with the champagne? Oh, my goodness. With Kelsey, that was hilarious. Like, I rewound it with David 47 times. And he doesn't even like The Bachelor, but he was laughing out loud, okay? For David to laugh out loud at The Bachelor, which he despises the show, is that speaks volume, volumes. But I see it on The Bachelor all the time. These girls in the with the bachelorette too, when they have all these men vying for this woman, and I just want happily ever after. I want love, and I just know that once we grow up and have babies and have kids, and it's going to be so happy. And you can see it, and you're like, "Dude, I'm in it, and it ain't all gravy. It's tough work, yo. It's fifty fifty, and I want to like scream at the TV. I want to shake the bachelor. I want to shake the bachelorette and say, "No, happiness is right now. It's not in the future." Because if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy later. There is no better there. And that's what destination addiction is. We set up children to think that something outside of them gives them their worthiness and their value and their happiness. And it's a bag of lies. So it's okay to look at your future. It's okay to look at children's future. It's okay to have your children look at their future. And the future is bright, but so is right now. Destination addiction makes us think that something outside of us or in the future, there's happiness there that's going to be greater than now. And so people are always looking for the goal line and not looking at their soul line to see what's filling up their soul because they're so goal-oriented and not soul-oriented. Do you see the difference? Because nothing outside of you can fix for your negative emotions, and that's okay. Negative emotions aren't negative. They're part of the human experience. It's 50-50, yo. I talk about it all the time. Because if you get to your goal of, let's say, your dream weight, your dream size, well, then guess what? It's hard to choose kale. It's hard to exercise every day. It's hard to do yoga every day. It's hard to feel those feelings and not eat your feelings. It's like a breakup with a boyfriend when you give up all the emotional eating. It's like, what? This is what I signed up for. That's why so many people lose the 50 pounds and then they think that there's happiness somewhere else. Then they get to the goal weight and then they're not happy and they're like, oh my gosh, something has gone wrong. And then they put the weight back on. Or I've had people, I've had clients that get all the money. They get to the goal size. They get the money. Skinny and rich does not bring you happiness. 
I was on the cruise and I got called up for almost like a family feud show. It was like a trivia show. And they pulled millionaires. And the question was to me, what percentage of millionaires are happy? And I knew it was low. It was 30%. So you go make that million dollars. Happiness is not going to be any greater or less than as it is right now. But we're trained as children to think that it's somewhere else and it's outside of us. So I always tell people, love the monkey vine you're on now. It's okay to go after the goal weight. It's okay to go after the income. It's okay to be a healthy striver like Renee Brown talks about. But don't do it in such a way that's haggard and makes you feel like this exhausting energy and think that there's this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're having the gold in the rainbow right now. If you don't have it now, it's not going to happen when the destination occurs. And that's where we set ourselves up for failure because I'm just here to tell you success doesn't feel that successful because you still have to deal with 50% positive emotions and 50% negative emotions. And you've thought about that goal for so long that when it happens, it's like, huh, well, of course it happened. I've been thinking about it so long. It's almost like when you're going on a vacation and you're thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, thinking about the vacation is almost as exciting as the actual vacation. It's kind of like wah, wah when you get on the vacation or you get to the goal. The vacation isn't wah, wah, but when you get to the goal that you've been thinking about for so long, you're like, wait, is this it? Is this all it is? You've thought it for so long that the brain believes it and it already believed it so long before that when it gets to it, it's like, oh, of course. It's very anticlimactic. It's not like Ed McMahon comes to your door with millions of dollars and balloons and confetti and then it's your happily ever after. Do you know how many shows there are about people that win the lottery and they lose it all and they're depressed? Sometimes they commit suicide. Or you watch the show Hoarders. They clean up all that house. They spend a week there. They're crying. Everybody's crying. They're celebrating. The house looks amazing. And then they do a follow-up and it's like, wah, wah. Because she didn't or he didn't know how to deal with negative emotions. And so the hoarding was just a way to hide. It was just extra weight. Instead of being extra weight on their body, it was just extra weight in the home. Energy is powerful, yo. So that's why people, when they lose the weight with gastric bypass, they become alcoholics afterwards sometimes because they don't know how to handle their negative emotions. They think that something's gone wrong. They think that there's a happiness outside of themselves and there's better there. And then when they get to there, it's so anticlimactic. It's so disappointing that they're like, you know what? The other way, something's gone wrong and the other way is much better. And so you get the dream job, you get the dream income, but then you got a huge team to manage. You got probably a lot more responsibilities, a lot more eyes on you, a lot more meetings, a lot more people to manage. And I don't know about you, but people are messy, yo. People make mistakes. People are humans. Sometimes we forget that. I'm a human. I make mistakes all the time. Managing me, not easy. So if you're making all the money, you're probably managing a lot of people. So there's always pros and cons and 50-50 to all of it. And you have to have that polarity to appreciate the beauty of it. And so then you have all these babies and then you think that the babies are going to fix for your emotions. I had destination addiction because we suffered for infertility for so long that I thought once we have the babies, all this negative emotion that I'm feeling is going to disappear. And that part of infertility disappeared, but then I just had to solve for other 50-50. I had children crying, children having tantrums. I wasn't sleeping. I was embarrassed because I was worried that parents, I was worried that I wasn't doing a good enough job. I was worried that I wasn't enough. 
I was worried that people were going to think I was a bad parent. God forbid they'd think I was a human and not a robotic, perfect parent. And when you watch The Bachelor, you see the destination addiction. You see it where they're just like vying for their spouse. And oh my goodness. And I, I'll have clients that will be on coach calls in front of other people. And they're like, I just need to find the right one. I just need to find the right one. And everybody's on the call going, uh, we found the right one. And it's still 50-50 because husbands are human. Wives are human. They make mistakes. There's hurt. There's resentment. Walls are built up. It's a totally different ball game. It's a different 50-50. And that's okay. When you lean into the 50-50 and you know that negative emotions shouldn't be running from like Forrest Gump, then you can allow it in your own life and know that's part of the human experience. Then you can allow it in your children's life. And that, my friend, is true freedom for everybody. That they don't have to follow this path. They can create their own path. And that's okay. College is not the end-all be-all. Getting married is not the end-all be-all. Having babies isn't the end-all be-all. Because kids look at us and say, what about you, mom? WBU. Lily will always write me that in the text. She'll be like, WBU. And I'm like, what is WBU? It's what about you? Like, I'll be like, hey, what's up? She's like, not much. WBU. What about you? It should be what WAU, but apparently in tween world, it's WBU. So our kids are just looking to us going, you're saying this is a path to happiness. I'm going to trust you, but WBU, mom. WBU, dad, you seem kind of stressed. You seem kind of overwhelmed. You seem kind of unhappy, but this is the path you're telling me to take. Okay, here I go. Strive, strive, strive. Make mom happy. Make dad happy. Something outside of me will give me my worthy and my value. Right, mom? Right, dad? Okay, here I go. How about they get to define their own path and we don't have to predict any of it. And we just allow their throbbing spirit to be their throbbing spirit and accept the as is of all the things. A lot of times people have destination addiction to their to-do list. They have so much to do, so much to do, so much to do. And I'm going to do a podcast about time management that's going to rock your world where you don't even need a to-do list and you can get all the things done and you can have downtime. Life is not supposed to be going at 700 miles per hour. That is not what we want to teach our children. And self-care isn't always massages and nails, getting our nails done. Self-care is having downtime hanging out with your kids and hanging out with your kids and not being frazzled and relaxing and being able to relax. Because we always think if we got to the end of the to-do list, guess what? I get to the end of my to-do list. I teach people how to throw away their to-do list. And then what comes up for them? It's hard for them to relax. It's hard for them to sit still with their feelings. It's harder for them to decompress. It's hard for them to be bored because their brain is going a million miles at a time. And they're not able to manage their mind because they're so on this treadmill of life that whenever they go to slow down or take a break or be more present, where there is no stress in the presence, then it's very, it's almost like the brain starts to spaz. So there's no happiness at the end of your to-do list. There's no happiness at the end of your laundry list. Literally at the end of your laundry, when you have it all done, There's no more happiness there because your brain will just start to spin and start to spin and start to spin. And if your house is spotless, guess what? There's no extra happiness there too. It might feel a little bit calmer, but then you'll be like, oh, I wonder when the other shoe's going to drop. These kids always messing everything up. The brain's going to do what the brain's going to do. So that's why it's so important to have mind management and not let your brain control you while you're controlling. Instead, you control your brain because you can't solve 
money problems with money. You can't solve time problems with more time. You can't solve fulfillment by having a different husband or more kids or less kids or different kids. Nothing outside of you can divine your worthiness or your value or your happiness. It comes from within. So you're living your life from the inside out versus living your life from the outside in. So it's like swinging through that monkey vine of life. It's good to be a healthy striver, but you don't want to be just running and running and running and think that there's a finish line. And at that finish line, you're going to feel something different than you do now. Where I teach people is to love the monkey that vine they're on now. Know that it's 50-50. Enjoy the anxiety. Lean into it. Don't run from it. Listen to it. It's not so scary. It's a vibration going through your body because the more you resist it, the more it will persist. It's like that beach ball holding it underneath the water. So instead of fighting it and running from it, breathe into it and say, oh, this isn't so bad. And you almost become friends with your anxiety or your frustrations or your disappointment. And you just say, oh, this is part of the human experience. This is what happens when you go after your goals. This is what happens when you're swinging on the monkey vine. This is a good thing. So you're swinging on the monkey vine, loving the monkey vine you're on right now. And you can still swing to the next monkey vine, but just know that there's no end of the rainbow filled with a pot of gold. You have the pot of gold in your lap all the time. And then you also have a pile of mush in your lap all the time. Everybody does. You do, I do, your neighbor does. And so what you see on Facebook is okay that everyone's having their highlight reel and they're putting their good stuff out there because it's gonna create more drama or more chaos and stress. If they're having a problem with their mother-in-law and then they put that on Facebook, that's gonna cause an explosion. So don't think people are being fake or they're hiding things. They're just all having their different 50-50. Everyone has their stuff and that's okay. That's part of the human experience. And all kids have their stuff. My kids have stuff. I have stuff. And that's part of the human experience. And I'm not running from it anymore. I'm just like, yep, as is, baby, all day long. So it's that leaning into that imperfection and focusing on the stuff and being in charge of your 50-50 and having things on your 50 that you want to be on your 50 and having things on your other 50 that are done with intention and consciousness. So love the monkey vine you're on now. You're not on this track like those dogs in the dog rat trace races trying to catch the carrot because you already have the bowl of carrots right in front of you because you're going to find yourself exhausted because you're going to get to that destination that you think is going to be happiness and you're going to get to that pot of gold and you're going to walk over to the pot and it's going to be empty or you're going to get that carrot finally and it's going to be mushy and yucky because 50-50 yo Part of the human experience is feeling with the positive emotions and feeling the negative emotions and seeing the negative emotions as not being negative. They're part of the human experience. And then you can give that gift to your child and or your children and not have them have destination addiction and have them accept the as is of all the things. And just you're like a leaf that's floating through the air, loving all the things. And then the other things, you're just like, yep, bring it on, baby. I'm not scared of you, negative emotion, because you're not that negative. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, 
What was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.